Open your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 33 with me this morning. Ezekiel chapter 33, thank you for your testimonies. It's always great to praise the Lord. I don't care whether it's over a vehicle or a tire or whatever. It's good to praise the Lord. Amen. We're glad to be with you. My wife Terry is down here in the front. I'm thankful. I keep her in the front so when I make mistakes she can help me out a little bit. It does help to know sign language when you're preaching and your wife knows sign language. It, it's a big help. But there's times I'm preaching and I'll say, the Bible says, and I quote a verse and I can't remember where, I, where it is. And I say, I think it's somewhere in Psalms. And then I look down at my wife and she, she'll saying, chapter 34, verse 3. I say, oh, it's, I think it's chapter 34 and verse 3. <laughs> Makes me look really smart. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that because I need all the help I can get in that area. I want to share my heart with you today, and, and I'm not going to, I told my wife I've got a limited time, I want to get it going as fast as I can. I'm glad I'm not interpreting for myself this morning, because I plan to talk pretty fast. And when you're interpreting, it makes it tough if you have to go quickly. But I want to share a few statistics with you. We use numbers a lot. You know, we're a, a society that's based on, on numbers. We heard some already. What sad statistics already this morning. Let me give you a few about of deaf people. Of course, we're here because we have a heart for deaf people. Uh, by the way, we don't expect that God's going to touch all of your hearts that same way, but we do want to share what's on our heart. So I'm not going to lie to you today. I'm aiming for your heart. I'm not aiming for your head. So these statistics will kind of hit your head, but I want, I want your heart today. And I want you to give God the opportunity to speak to your heart. Because I'll tell you this, I was sitting in a service very similar to this one, un, un, uh, unintentionally uh, listening in, in the sense that I didn't, think, I didn't know what God was going to do. And God touched my heart for deaf people and the need for the gospel to reach the deaf. I hope that happens with you today. Doesn't mean you're going to be a missionary to the deaf, but I do hope that it touches your heart enough that you'll, you'll make some plans to uh, be prepared in case you meet a deaf person. Uh, in America, we're very blessed. We have great medical uh, facilities here. And in America, the number of deaf children is far less than other countries with less medical expertise. About two, of, two or three out of every thousand children born in the United States is born deaf. Uh, more than 90% of deaf children are born to hearing parents. That may, may shock you. A lot of people ask us that. If two people are deaf, do they, know, they will have a deaf child? Not necessarily. Um, it, it can happen, but it doesn't always happen. Uh, 98%, this is one that stops me, 98% of hearing fathers of deaf children will not learn sign language. And 96% of deaf people will not attend a church regularly. I want you to think about that. Only 2%, less than 2% of deaf people in America will have a clear presentation of the gospel before they die. The first words they are going to hear will not be, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The first words they hear will be, depart from me, I never knew you. And by the way, I feel like that's not fair. I don't know about you, but I think every person deserves to see the gospel. I say see the gospel because of the deaf person. Their ears don't work, but their eyes do work. Fill in the word for me, would you? Faith cometh by hearing. Yes. I looked that word up. I thought maybe it meant understanding or comprehension. It doesn't. It means physical hearing. 
So how do deaf people who cannot physically hear get the gospel? They cannot physically hear through these. I normally do this, but then somebody takes a picture and it's not a flattering thing. So I'm not going to do that. They don't hear through these, but they do hear through these. But that means a person has to intentionally go to a deaf person. They cannot get the gospel listening to a radio. By the way, last night, who, uh, how many of you played in the brass ensemble that played at the offertory? Would you just raise your hands? It was beautiful. But none of the deaf heard a note you played. I watched last night one of the deaf men put his hand against the wall in the deaf section while the choir was singing. He could feel, he could feel the lower notes reverberating on the wall but he heard none of it. And that breaks my heart, and it breaks our heart. In, in the average churches in America, fundamental churches, only 2.2% of them have a ministry to the deaf. Your church is one of that 2.2%. I praise the Lord for that. Almost 40 years ago, God touched my heart with the thought that deaf people deserve the right, the opportunity to see the gospel before they die. And that's where I want to come with you this morning. We have this passage here. God called my wife and I to go to, I said this often before, He's called us to go to the forgotten and the few. Deaf people are in every nation in the world. They're all over this globe. Every missionary who's here today representing a region or an area, I promise you they're deaf where they're going to minister. There's a great need for the deaf, but they are often forgotten. And they are always the few. They're not the majority. They're going to be just a handful of people. Uh, I don't know what your average attendance here is, but you had a great group of deaf here yesterday, and we had 15 deaf, we figure, somewhere around 15 to 20 deaf here. That's an amazing number. But compare that to the size of your church. You get where I'm headed with that. It's a very small number compared to the amount of people that actually come. And because of that, they're often neglected, forgotten, and not even ministered to in general. Well, God's called us to look for the forgotten and the few. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump into Ezekiel 33. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for these students. Thank you for this college. Thank you for this local church that loves them enough to go through all that they need to have a college. God, we pray that you would speak to us today. I pray you would not miss me. I'm aiming for hearts, but I want you to aim for my heart too. I want to be changed today. As I consider these great scriptures that we'll look at, would you move today among the hearts of these students? I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they've been facing coming into this room this morning. But I pray that for the next few moments, our hearts would be centered on your word and the Holy Spirit of God would have his will and way with each and every one of us and move us to the place you desired for us to be when you allowed us to breathe breath this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ezekiel chapter 33, the prophet is given uh, words of God. And and I want you to begin reading with me. We'll start right at verse 1. It says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if a people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood is upon his own head. 
this, this picture is given, and, and I call it the watchman. There are two different watchmen that are described in this passage. We'll get to the second one in a moment. We've just seen the watchman himself. He's to be a warning watchman. Now stay with me. Notice the description of him in verse 2. He is to be a man of their own coasts, right? He's a man who is from among them. Why? Well, if you hired someone to be the watchman, are you with me? You, you, you pay a guy to be the watchman. Is he going to have the same heart as the father whose children are inside the gates of that city? No, no. That father, that, that man whose wife is in there and his children are in there is going to keep an eagle eye out because he knows if he fails in his job, his family's at, at risk. If you pay someone to do that, they might take a nap here and there. They might be checking out their cell phone at the time that the enemy's coming uh, across the way. But the watchman's job was to keep his eyes peeled, to be looking out for danger, and to be not consumed with the cares that are inside the wall, but to be totally focused on the, the dangers that are coming from without the walls. Are you all with me so far? So let's say I'm the watchman and I'm up in a perch and I, my job is to keep my eyes peeled around. And I'm not looking. I don't care what the score of the ball game was last night. I'm not worrying about what the Dow Jones is doing today. I'm not concerned with how many, uh, how many, who's running for office in politics. And by the way, all those things are important. Don't get me wrong. But that's not my concern. I've got one thing on my mind. It's I'm looking to the horizon. I'm keeping my eyes peeled. I'm looking for a dust cloud. Because I know that that dust cloud represents an enemy that's trying to kill my wife and children. And I'm not going to let it happen on my watch. So we've got to be careful not to be conformed to this world, but to be what? Transformed. How? By the renewing of our minds. So you're here studying the Word of God. Why? Because you need this book. By the way, can I say to you, you're going to need it every day of your life. It doesn't, when you get your degree, that doesn't end this pursuit. We ought to be in pursuit of the Scriptures every day, not because someone tells you you should do it, but because you have to have it in order to be the watchman that God wants you to be. So we have a responsibility. We see the danger. Uh, it says in verse 3, look at verse 3 with me. If when he sees the sword come, and you understand the sword is the enemy, right? If when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever, so he sees the danger come, and then whosoever, verse 4, shifts to the people behind him. Whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Now, let me stay with me. There's three things he has responsibility for. First of all, he's got to keep his eyes peeled. He's got to be looking. He sees. He's, he's looking for danger at all times. The second thing he does is he's going to blow the trumpet. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? I wanted him to do it a lot louder, actually, because I wanted you to get shocked. When that trumpet would sound... It told everybody that was in that camp, what? Danger's coming. You know, all throughout the Old Testament, trumpets were sounded. By the way, I play the trumpet. Sorry for all you stringed instrument people. I was going to, we saw a guy with a viola. Who, who did we see? Well, yeah. I, I said, what's that instrument you're carrying? He said, a viola. I said, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> Can you see? The guy sees the danger. <laughs> not going to work. 
sorry for all you stringed instrumentists. Don't, don't get mad at me. But we need a trumpet every now and then. And, and that trumpet is not to be subtle, by the way. I love that about a trumpet. It's not to be meant to be played softly, although you can. It's meant to be brilliant. And it was to warn the people. If when he warns those people, now the responsibility shifts from the watchman to everyone that is in the city. Amen? So once we warn, now it's the responsibility of the people within the city to react to the warning. They have two choices. They can ignore the watchman. They can say, oh, that's Jim up there. He blows the trumpet way too often. It's really not danger. They could go about their own business, not prepare, not get themselves ready. And then the enemy comes in and kills them. Whose responsibility is their death? It's totally theirs. That watchman has no responsibility. He, blew the, he saw the danger. He blew the trumpet. He gave the warning. And the people ignored it. That's, that's the way God designed it. He wants us to be this warning watchman. He wants us to take the trumpet and blow it loud, not to be subtle. Now, by the way, I don't mean that we take our Bibles and beat people over the head with them to see them get saved. I don't mean that at all. But I do mean that we need to be ready and to be bold and not to miss the opportunities that we have. Let's see the second watchman. He comes in, in uh, verse, we're going to skip verse 5. We'll come back there. But verse 6 says, but, notice the but at the beginning of the verse showing contrast. We've seen the warning watchman. Now we're coming to the, what I call the wasted watchman. Verse 6, but if the watchman sees the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Do you see the difference? The warning watchman, as he warns the people, the blood or the responsibility for the death of people who ignored the warning is on the people, not on the watchman. But this second watchman, he does the same thing. He's up in the perch. He looks out. He sees a dust cloud come. And he thinks, oh, you know what? I've got time. I'm going to have a little snack. And he turns from the, 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 the enemy that he sees coming and he's eating. And the next thing you know, he gets a little drowsy. And he, he takes a little cat nap. And the, by the time he wakes up, the enemy is at the gate. And he is not warned. He didn't blow the trumpet. We heard no sound, and no one inside the gates is aware that there's an enemy that's coming toward them. The people that are killed as a result of the enemy coming in will be the responsibility of that watchman. You and I today have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to be the warning watchman, or we have the opportunity to be a wasted watchman. And here's what I want you to see. There are a number of things that hit my heart. First of all, the people in the city suffer because an unannounced enemy is coming. Secondly, the watchman is responsible for the death of every one of those people who he could have warned. And thirdly, the enemy wins. Who is our enemy today? Now, we'd like to say the devil, but really our enemy is sin. Are you with me? Our enemy is sin. What is it that conquers people? What is it that's sending people to hell? It's not the devil sending people to hell. People who are born now, he was the originator of sin, so he, in a way, is the, the author of it. But it's, he doesn't have to actually move a finger. We're sinners by birth. I shared this yesterday with the deaf, and as I was teaching and preaching to them yesterday morning, before they were born deaf, they were already a sinner in their mother's womb. 
Does that thought hit you? Are you with me? So the reason that I want to be a missionary to the deaf is because some people think, oh, deaf people will get to go to heaven because they can't hear. No. Before they could not hear, inside the womb of their mother, they were, they were already a sinner. When they were born, they demonstrated that sin nature by their actions. By the way, I know deaf people are sinners. I've watched them. But so are you. Sorry. All of us have the same problem. All of us have the same enemy. There's only one answer to the enemy that we face, and that's our Savior, the Lord Jesus. I love this phrase above me. He's all we need. But He is what we need. He is what everyone needs. It doesn't matter what nation they live in. It doesn't matter what their religious background. It doesn't matter whether they can hear or not. Everyone needs the Lord Jesus. He's the answer to the problem. We who are saved understand that. We who are saved can say amen to that. We know we're responsible. We have the answer. We've seen the enemy coming. We know the enemy of sin is real. And we know that if we do nothing, people are going to perish without Christ. Now stay with me if you would. Every one of us who has trusted Christ as our personal Savior, we've seen the enemy. We have a responsibility. Okay, I'm going to teach you some sign language. Are you ready? This is the letter R. Everybody do, do one on each hand. You just cross your finger like, man, I hope, I hope my tire doesn't blow out on my car. I'm staying with the theme for the day. Uh, this is the letter R. Put it on your shoulder. Doesn't matter which shoulder you put it on. Put it on one of your shoulders, one left or right. I always put it on my left. This is a sign for responsibility. Yeah, your left is a, there you go. You got it. I'm a little nervous. But anyway, uh, responsibility. You have responsibility. You are the watchman. You can take it down for a second. So I want you to see what happens. I'm the watchman and I'm watching and I see the enemy come and I blow my trumpet. I turn and I blow my trumpet. You know what I've done. I've taken the responsibility from me and I have placed it on the people that are in the city. So responsibility, do it again with me. You can take it and you can put it on someone else. You can put it on me. You put the responsibility on me. I'm putting it on you. All right? That's, we're, we're shifting responsibility. If I'm the warning watchman, I take the responsibility that I have of being the watchman. I take that responsibility and I quickly turn and I give it. And the blood of the people who die will not be on my shoulders. Here, let me show you this sign. Everybody do this. Take this finger like this and do this. This is not... That looks pretty funny. Do it, no, do it again. <laughs> it look kinda, looks like everybody, whoo, you're going to take off here any moment. This is a sign for it's not my responsibility. Are you with me? So I'll tell a deaf person, I think I want you to do this. And they go, it's not my responsibility. So watch, I take responsibility as a warning watchman and I give it to the people I'm to warn. And then it is not my responsibility what happens after. However, if I'm the wasted watchman, I see the enemy come. And I never take the responsibility and pass it on. Who is, who is the answer? The person I'm pointing at right now. It's my responsibility. Let me give you another thought here. And this is what touches my heart. We all have the same enemy. I don't care what, where you were born. I don't care... Uh, what kind of nationality you're from. I don't care if you're a man or woman. I don't care if you're rich or poor. All of us have the enemy of sin. I want you to look back up at verse 5. I skipped that verse. It's time for us to go back there and see it. 
It says in verse 5, now remember we've, this comes right after the warning watchman, who the last verse 4 tells us that the responsibility for the enemy taking the life of these people is on their head. Look at verse 5. He, this is the person in the city, he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall what? Say it nice and loud. He that taketh warning shall? Isn't that great news? Isn't that great news, by the way? If we listen to the warning, if we take the warning, we get the responsibility. We hear the gospel. Somebody has the gospel and they give it to us. And we receive the gospel and it changes our lives. Our souls get delivered. I'm going to tell you something. There is no way I can go to hell today. No way. I cannot go to hell. Because I trusted Christ when I was six years old. And by the way, I do believe children can get saved. I've never doubted that. I was saved at six. I didn't have any idea what the word theology meant. I didn't know what soteriology was, but I had it. Are you with me? I got saved when I was six. I cannot go to hell today. I'm so thankful for that. I took what was given to me, and now my soul has been delivered eternally. What a great thought. Hey, let's give this same picture. I'm the watchman, and, and, and I'm up here, and I see danger coming, and I turn. I'm the warning watchman. I turn, and I blow the trumpet. I blow it as loud as I can. But there are three families inside this gate who are deaf. And they never hear the warning. They physically don't hear the warning. What do they need? Somebody can tell me. What do they need? Say, you got to say it loud enough for me to hear you. They need what? They need help. They need a person to go to their door and rip the door open and say, Hey, you got to get out. I don't care how they do it. They don't even know a whole lot of sign language. Their face could tell them, oh, you know, come on, get out of here. I don't care what it is, but somebody's going to have to go to their house, go to their door, see them face to face, and tell them it's time to get out. Terry and I have been working with the deaf for almost 40 years. And the goal we have had since day one is that every deaf person we meet will have to step over Jesus in order to go to hell. That sounds crude, but that's our goal. Yesterday, I spoke to your deaf over here. I don't know all those deaf, so what do I do? I give them the gospel. Because I don't know who they are. I don't know whether they're saved. I don't know whether they've been here forever or they just came yesterday. I don't know. So I give the gospel. We meet people in a coffee shop. We don't drink coffee, brother. But we do go to the coffee shop to get tea once in a while. We met a deaf couple in Massachusetts. We just happened. We were in a mall, wasting time. We were early for a meeting. We are just walking around a mall. We see a little coffee shop. We walk in there to get a cup of tea. I'm sorry if that disappoints you all. You probably think a lot less of me at this point. I don't really care. But anyway, uh, we go in there. And as we're standing there waiting for our tea to come, a couple comes in. We hear the little bell on the door. And a, guy, two, a man and wife come in. And we look around. And guess what? They're signing. Hmm. Do you think it just was an accident that a deaf couple happened to walk into the coffee shop where two tea drinkers are getting a cup of tea that happened to be surrendered to work with a deaf? 
Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's an accident. I went to buy a treadmill one day, sold on Craigslist, went to buy a treadmill. I show up to the house, I see a lady, I say, I'm here to, to buy the treadmill. She said, oh, it's my brother's, hold on, I'll get him. He comes out of the garage, and, and it's a little short guy like this, he comes out of the garage, and I see him signing to his sister. I'm like, you're kidding me. I'm buying a treadmill from a deaf guy? Sure enough, the guy's deaf. I get to lead him to Christ. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. God has a heart for deaf people. And God wants the warning to reach the deaf people. Now, I told you I'm aiming for your heart. I'm not lying to you. I'm trying to hit your heart. God may bring you across the path of a deaf person. If there's nothing else you do, I would encourage you to figure out how to give the gospel in sign language. That's where I started. I had no idea, by the way, God would call me to be a missionary to the deaf. I had no clue about it. All I knew was deaf people were going to hell, and I might meet some of them, and I wanted to be able to tell them about Jesus before they went to hell. I would encourage you, uh, you can ask us at our table. We can give you some help on how to do that. You've got a great deaf ministry here. There are people here that would be glad to help you with it. But I want to say to you today that we need to be, regardless of who God calls you to be a warning watchman to, don't be the wasted watchman. Don't be the wasted watchman. Because one day, by the way, this life is very short. Eternity is forever, obviously. I don't want to have regrets for eternity for what I did not do in this short life that I had here today. I want to tell everybody I can about Jesus. And I especially have a heart to tell deaf people about Jesus. I would love for you to have that same heart, but I, I just want you to have a heart for lost people. Because I'm going to tell you today, the enemy's coming. If you can't tell that, you have been, I don't know what you've been, but you're not paying attention very well. It's time for us to be the warning watchman.